What's up, my fellow Taoists, and welcome to the Tao of June, living an inspired life. I'm driving up to Tennessee right now, um, Gallatin, actually, and I'm going to be camping. I got the dogs in the back, and they're just chilling, sleeping, and um, yeah, I'm just going to spend, tomorrow's my daughter's 13th birthday, Ava's turning 13, wow crazy. I got a teenager. Wow. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm 40 years old. What? It's like, I remember a uh, gentleman told me one time, he was like, um, man, before I turned 21, it was like the years, the days was crawled, you know, it's like the years could not go by fast enough. And he was like, I don't know why I was so eager and like, I couldn't just enjoy my time because he was like, once I hit 21, I woke up the next day and I was 45. (laughs) And I know what he's talking about. Because I'm 40 now. It's like, wow, shoot. Didn't I just turn 21 like a few weeks ago? I mean, it couldn't have been more than a month, you know? Man, what happened? Like, I slept, woke up, and I'm 40 years old. Like, what? Uh, but it's, it's like that, isn't it? The days seem to crawl, you know? And the years seem to fly. <laughs> and you look back and like, holy cow, where did the years go? But day to day, just sometimes he's like, wow, this day's never going to end, you know? But we should be grateful for those days. Like, shoot, let me save every moment of this, you know? Because pretty soon I'm going to look back and I'm like, wow, where did the years go? Oh, man. But anyways, yeah, driving up to uh, Tennessee, making that long. Uh, today was even longer because um, I groomed one dog today this in the morning. And then I was driving home, and I look at the traffic on the other side, going 85 south, and it's jam-packed for some reason, going all the way up. And then once I got near my house, which is like the exit near the Mall of Georgia, up kind of northeast Georgia, um, once I got there, traffic cleared up, you know, but I was like, these people have no idea what they're about to drive into, <laughs> you know? And I packed all the stuff in the trunk, you know, the tent, everything. I was like, oh, man, did I forget something? I don't know. I hope not. But, you know, I think now that I've been camping several times before, it's just gotten easier. Because before, it would take me so long to get everything ready and, and packed up into the car. Now it's just like, you know, I mean, half the stuff's already there and packed up, you know, just put it in the trunk. Um, but, yeah, so when I put in the address to Bledsoe, Creek State Park is actually where I'm headed. Bledsoe Creek State Park in Tennessee. So I went on the Tennessee State Park website and looked up a place to camp. And I mean, almost all of their state parks were booked up, the campsites. I couldn't find one that was open this weekend and that had any you know open sites this weekend. Except for this one. And it's kind of close, you know, to where they are. It's Gallatin. It's about 30 minute drive from where they are in the, you know, in Nashville. Uh, but, you know, shoot, anything's better than driving four hours, right? So, um, yeah, and also, I didn't want to leave my dogs behind because especially my dog, Angel, she's 15 now, and she's really slowing down, and, you know, she's kind of going blind a little bit, and she can't hear. I, I'm convinced she really can't hear now because now to get her attention, I have to clap loudly near her, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not the sound of the clap then. It's, like, more the vibration in the air, you know, that she feels. So, 
Um, yeah, I think that she's lost her hearing, pretty much. So, I don't know. I feel like she doesn't really have that much longer left. And if I leave her behind and trust my older brother, who uh, I cannot trust with my dogs, he just so irresponsible and lazy. Anyways, we'll get to that another day. That's, whoa, we're going to open up a whole can of worms there. Um, they say that... <laughs> They say that our friends are God's way of apologizing for our family. <laughs> and then when your family members heard that, they laughed even louder. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I got that from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, another funny joke Dr. Wayne Dyer said that I really cracked up on because he was like 80 years old at the time when he said this. He goes, I'm 80 years old and I'm in perfect health. And I have sex almost every day. <laughs> and the crowd just roars, you know? They just start clapping and some people laughing. And he goes, yeah, I almost had, had sex on Sunday, almost on Monday, almost on Tuesday, almost on Wednesday. <laughs> Crack me out. He said that that was another, somebody else told that joke and he heard it. And, you know, he, he's been waiting to use that. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it did crack me up. I'm 80 years old. I'm in perfect health that I have sex almost every day, almost on Sunday, almost on Monday. Almost... <laughs> Anyways, um, holy cow. All right, so with this car, oh, man. Um, yeah, we're in traffic now coming up to, and the crazy thing is it's been raining on and off, and I've been driving through the rain. So when I plugged that address in for Bledsoe Creek State Park, the map, took me, it was like taking me through North Georgia mountains, you know, like not the highway. And so I tried the address on Google Maps and same thing. I tried the address on Waze, same thing. It was recommending taking that because all going on the highway was going to take longer because all the traffic on both 85 and 285 and right here, um, some from 75 to 24, when I, um, you know, kind of get closer to Chattanooga, I'm stuck in traffic now. So I was like, oh, man, but driving through those country roads was beautiful. Like, I've never taken that route before, and I'm so grateful that I was able to because it was just so beautiful, the cows and the horses, and, you know, it's just and some of the roads, like 35 miles per hour, 40 miles per hour, you know, so you just take your time and just roll the windows down. Oh, but the crazy thing is, okay, so right now there's a tropical storm, Elsa, in Florida, and, you know, oh my goodness, I feel so bad for the people down in Florida right now, especially the people that lost, you know, their their loved ones in the building that crashed. Anyways, oh, man, um, let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah, so the from the tropical storms down south, uh, we're getting patches of rain, rain clouds. And it's so weird because I'll be driving through um like a rain you know rainy patch and then it's like a moment like it's like a it's like a curtain or something you're just driving and then all of a sudden it's clear and you look behind in your rearview mirror and it's raining and it's like if I just made a u-turn real quick and just drove back I would be in the rain again but I'm in sunshine it was really kind of trippy and that would happen over and over like right now I'm in oh, beautiful sunshine right now or probably because I'm driving north, closer to Nashville now. I'm in Chattanooga. Well, I'm on the split to Chattanooga from 75, which is why there's all this traffic. 
But um, yeah, maybe because I'm going further north and the storm is down south. Um, it looks like it's cleared up. But I look. I was looking at the weather report. Oh, I've been checking it all week. And even like when I booked it a couple weeks ago, the campsite, uh, I was checking the weather and I, I was telling Ava, it looks like it's going to rain that weekend. I was like, but it's two weeks out. You know, I was like, you can't predict that far out. And I was checking the weather closer to the you know day and it just I was like oh my god it's gonna rain <laughs> Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday the days that I am gonna be camping with my dogs but the thing is um yesterday I was walking my dogs at night and I I told Ava I messaged her and I was like it was supposed to rain all day today but it didn't it didn't at all I mean there was one time it kind of drizzled a little bit but that's it so I was like, maybe I'll be okay, you know? And my daughter Ava was like, bring a tarp just in case, you know? I was like, oh, yeah. And I got the tarp out of my garage, and I laid it out so I could fold it up, and there are holes in it. Uh, who cares? But I was like, it's better than nothing, right? It's better than nothing. So I'm going to set the tarp up over my tent so that if it does rain, we have some barrier from the rain. And I'm going to try to angle it so that, yeah, like it, like a rooftop, you know, so it just, um, you know, doesn't, there's no pools of water. So, oh my goodness. Let me in. Why do people not let you in? You know, like, my goodness. And the thing is, I think it's so stupid not to let somebody in. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think it's so stupid not to let somebody in because then I'm just going to keep going further up and I'm going to get in front of you anyways. You know, it's like, oh no, you're not getting in front of me. But by, by not letting me in there, I'm going to go further up, and then I'm going to be even further ahead of you, you know? And then you're going to be even more mad, you know? More salty, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> um, so the thing is, I was even thinking back in my head, like, maybe I should cancel. I was like, no, I'm not going to cancel the trip just because of a little rain. Fuck that. But I'm so glad because um, there's, like, a stoic saying, you don't plan tomorrow, according to today or something like that. Yeah, don't plan tomorrow according to what's going on today or something like that. And I and I, I really take it to mean, like, don't make decisions about what you're going to do tomorrow based on how you feel or what things look like today. You know, tomorrow's a new day. And, like, if I decided to cancel this trip because uh, yesterday or the day before, the forecast said that it's going to be raining... I would have missed out because it's beautiful up here right now, you know? And I looked at the forecast and it says that it's going to rain later tonight, like around 10 p.m. But that keeps changing too. Even in Georgia, it keeps saying that it's going to rain, but then it doesn't. So, it, you know, you can't predict the weather. So, I, and if it, even if it does rain, I'll deal with it. It's part of the experience, you know? And it, it makes it more rem- memorable, I think, when you go through some difficult challenging situations and if it starts a thunderstorm tonight (laughs) that is going to be memorable you know it's going to be a memory and experience i take with me to the grave right and beyond wherever whatever happens even if and the thing is i have considered the possibility of what if it's just lights out and that's it you know and you just go back into the dirt and whatever consciousness is ceases because the brain is now dead and just basically just, you know, biomaterial that's just going to disintegrate into the earth. And that's it. It's like, oh, man, but how would you feel about that? I don't care. I'd be dead. <laughs> I wouldn't feel anything, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I have considered that. And so I really do think that 
taking into consideration that maybe after, you know, the curtains close here, that's it. Lights out. And that is it. You know, there's nothing beyond this. And this is all just, you know, I guess, I don't know, just life, you know, just happening. And we just get to take a part of it, you know, a short time while we're here. Maybe that's true. Who knows, right? I don't know for sure. How do I know for sure? So I really want to take my time here seriously. Like, guys, if you're listening to this, really uh, own the fact that your time here is important and valuable. No matter what your pay grade is, no matter what your social status is, no matter, you know, how many friends you have or don't have, even if you're a loser and you're just an outcast and you're, you're sitting home by yourself listening to this because I'm the only weirdo that probably gets how you feel, you know, even if that's the case, your time and your experience is just as important as a millionaire's or a celebrity's. Understand that. Maybe in the marketplace, their time and their time is more valuable and important in the marketplace. You know, we'll give them that. But our time spent here on Earth, we're all equal. The importance of our time here spent on Earth is equal, all across the board. All each one of our unique and individual experiences here on Earth is valuable. Equally valuable. Because if it's not valuable, then I guess it's none of it's valuable. You know, and and here's the thing. When I think about it, I don't know what Abraham Lincoln's birthday is for sure. You know what I'm saying? He, what a great man. George Washington, I don't know his birthday off the top of my head. I can Google it for you, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we don't remember these things. And these people did some great things. Do you remember Ronald Reagan's vice president? Do you know who he was? I don't. I sure don't. What about JFK? Who was his uh, vice president? I don't know, right? And these people accomplished far more than I will ever accomplish. You know, they've done far greater things than I have. You know what I'm saying? If we didn't celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday, would you remember it? Right? And what a great man. Would I ever measure up to him, what he's done? Probably not. So I just, I, I tell myself, you know, like, why kid myself into thinking that I'm going to do some great thing in my life and put that kind of pressure on myself, you know, like I have to do some great thing in this lifetime. I have to accomplish some great thing. What if that great thing is just right in front of me? My daughter's turning 13 tomorrow, you know, and I'm going to be there with my dogs camping (laughs) near her house. And I told her, you know, I'll pick you up and you come to the campsite and hang out with us if you want. Or, you know, whatever. But I was like, you know, I'm going to be there. And she's going to get her ear pierced. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she said she's a little scared because of the gun and everything. I told her it's like a, I, I got my ears pierced when I was 16. So I, I wanted to be cool, man. And I thought I was. Once I had that earring in my ear, I was like, I made it. You know what I'm saying? I'm cool now. You know? <laughs> give, me the, give me the badge. <laughs> I'll wear it. Uh, the earring was the badge, son talking about get out my face you know what i'm saying you don't know me anyway. <laughs> anyways um yeah my daughter is going to be getting her ear pierced so i'm going to be there for that you know i told her i i brought all my camping you know clothes and stuff and you know my outdoor gear but 
I don't want to show up in camo, you know, or walking around with my daughter in my, in my you know, hunting boots. So I uh, brought my nice shoes and a pair of jeans and a nice shirt to wear. So when I'm out in public with my daughter, you know, she won't have to feel so embarrassed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the cra- crazy thing is um, I'm not used to camping where there's an electrical outlet and a bathroom available on site. You know, I'm used to primitive camping out in the wildlife management areas on the ones that have primitive campsites, because a lot of them don't even have primitive campsites. Um, And they say no camping allowed. Uh, But some of them have primitive campsites and you're allowed to stay overnight, you know, in those designated areas. Um, You can pitch a tent if you want, I guess, you know, and I do. I pitch a tent. Uh, But yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) Where was I going with that? Holy cow. Why was I talking about um, camping? Oh, yeah. So this campsite has a bathroom. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. You know what I'm saying? A little quick sponsor. Da-na-na-na, the more you know. Um, so in the bathrooms <laughs> on that, and where I'm about to camp, they have uh, showers. You know, they have bathrooms and shower stalls in the bathrooms. Now, I haven't been there yet. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what kind of state it's going to be in. And hopefully there's not, like, shit spewing on the walls. Because I've seen that. Oh, my God. You think, oh, you think you've seen it all until you see shit smeared all over the walls. Oh, So um, this was when I was managing my, my mom's grocery store called Denny's Super Safe. Uh, I don't know if it's still called that anymore. Down on Ralph David Abernathy in the West End. <laughs> and I'll repeat that, you know, because it just, it just, you just know, you just know, you just like, I don't know for why, but that combination of words spoken <laughs> in a row, uh, it just puts an image in your mind, right? Ralph David Abernathy Road, it, it was on Ralph David Abernathy Road in the West End of Atlanta. <laughs> And I thrive there, baby. That's my that's my that's my home. Know what I'm saying it's my hometown. Um, anybody listening to this, if you're living, if you live there in the West End, you heard about me. You know what I'm saying? Just ask about me, son. Shoot, June. Uh, say hey, do you do you remember uh, an Asian guy that uh, was the manager? You know, working at the Denny's Super Save right there on the you know on the corner. Uh, do you remember an Asian guy named June? People will say, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Actually, Junebug died. But Junebug's family remember, probably remembers us. Um, anyways, Kiki will definitely remember me. I don't know if he still lives anymore. He probably did. He probably does. He moved out for a little bit. But anyways. Um, so, <laughs> I was working there. And the, um, was it the gas or electricity guy wanted to check the meter? So I take him back there, around the back of the building, and there's this uh, lock on the door. So I unlock the door, and I open the door, and there is this horrible smell, this stench, just reeking, you know, just out, just comes out of the door. I'm like, oh, shit, right? And then the, even the meter guy's like, oh, shit, right? And we look. And somebody had been sleeping in there 
and they had smeared their shit all over the wall. You can see their finger shit. shit. It's like they finger painted with their shit on my walls. You know what I'm saying? Now, I appreciate art. You know, I'm not one to, you know, I'm, I'm sophisticated. I'm not, it's not like I'm unsophisticated. I understand how to appreciate art, you know, in all its forms. Jackson Pollock, drip art, yeah, not for me, but I understand it. <laughs> but this one I just couldn't wrap my head around. I'm like, this is not art. This is psychotic. You know what I'm saying? This is fucking ridiculous. I was like, somebody has lost their fucking mind. Who the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Who the fuck is this guy? You know? Um, luckily, nobody was actually in there because I, oh my God, I don't know what I would, I would have been scared, first of all. I mean, who knows what they're capable of, you know? Like, <laughs> somebody like that. Oh, holy cow. So, Oh my goodness, I just kept apologizing, and he just, you know, we just kind of just grit down and bear it, you know, and just go in there, and I went in there with him, because I felt so bad, I was like, I'll go in there with you, man, (laughs) so we did it together, you know what I'm saying, together, uh, teamwork makes the dream work, you know what I'm saying, we're, we're stronger together, united we stand, you know, divided we fucking fall. So I was like, I'm going in there with you, bro. And he was like, <laughs> he was like oh, man, you know, because now he has to go in and check the meter. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, come on, we can do this. You know, I'm going in there with you. Let's do this together, you know. And he's like, oh, shit, you know, like probably feels like I don't want to I don't want to get this curse upon me. You know, I got to take it home to my house. I got I got children. He's probably thinking, you know, so we go in there and check the meter. I mean, Oh, shit, man. And so then afterwards, I, you know, like I call I forget what exactly that, 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 that whole thing is like a blur. I forget how, what we did afterwards to, to solve that problem. Oh, but yeah, I just remember just the, it was so shocking, so shocking. Like, holy shit. You know, I mean, literally it was holy shit. <laughs> Oh, man. So that was pretty shocking. What kind of, you know, like, how low does someone have to fall to do that? And I was like, thinking, how did they get in there? There's a lock on the door. What the fuck? You know, there's a lock on the door. How did they get in there? I mean, there must be like a hole or something, like, crawled in there like a fucking rat or something, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got like a human rat, like, chimera fucking thing a mutant fucking living in the back of my shop my still my grocery store fuck man anyways uh that was horrifying um and terrifying and just oh man that's the kind of stuff nightmares are made out of you know what i'm talking about son it's <laughs> the kind of stuff nightmares are made out of oh man and we're still stuck in traffic so what else is there to talk about i don't know Oh, what about what about um, just letting go of needing to control things? Traffic is a great example. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of traffic today. I had to take a weird country road. Um, but why get mad about it? You know, it's like, this is awesome. You know, Cranberries came on, Dream. And I remember listening to that when I was 16 years old, driving up to Tennessee for the, to go to Highland Academy, that private school I went to, you know, Christian Academy. Anyways, oh man, just brought that memories. Oh, sorry. I've been drinking a lot of coffee, water. 
Um, and just rolled the windows down and just, oh, I sang along with it. It was amazing. It was like the song was speaking to me. It was like the universe knew, you know, that, that, that song was just perfect for that moment. I've never felt that song so hard before in my life. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, like why get upset over things you can't control? You know, I can't control the weather, right? I'm just going to go and work around it. If it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, I can only control me and my response to things, you know, and that's why even traffic, it's like, eh, we're in traffic. Okay. Traffic doesn't care how I feel about it. You know, it's not like traffic is like, oh, don't hate me. I hate you, traffic. Fuck you. You know, traffic's like, oh, no, please, you know, take me back. No, man, it's nothing like that. So, you know, it's like you're stuck in traffic. You got to be mad about it and frustrated or you could just accept it, you know, acceptance and letting go. Is not is not resignation, you know. It's not just giving up and you know surrender. No, it's 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 being it's an, a mature approach to every situation. It's accepting what is and not trying to change it or wish it was different. It is what it is, you know. Wishing traffic was not there or trying to you know I guess force the issue by like weaving in and out and trying, you know, just being an asshole, you know, to everybody else, you know, it's like, no, man, it's just going to stress you out. Um, that's why I started this podcast really. Cause I was driving so much to my client's house, you know, back and forth from where I live in Suwanee down to Atlanta, the city. It's like sometimes an hour drive, hour and a half. So I just figured, Hey, you know, like whenever I get bored and I, I love listening to audiobooks and my, I usually, I generally, you know, stick to nonfiction, um, like self-help books and, you know, just nonfiction books, you know, books about the human psychology and things like that, how the brain works, the science of the mind and, you know, the future of technology, stuff like that, just things that interest me. But sometimes you just get kind of like, oh man, bogged down by all of it. You're just like, oh, I just need a break. You know, I just need to listen to some, you know, erotica or something. (laughs) Anyways, did I say that? Oh man, don't 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 judge me. You know what I'm saying? Don't you don't kink shame me. Now I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, um, so <laughs> I figured sometimes when I'm you know just not in the mood to listen to an audiobook, you know, just turn on a pot, turn on this you know Anchor app, and. It's pretty cool because there's like a button you just press and then you just start recording, you know, and then I, when I'm ready to finish, I just press stop. And then but every once in a while, like right now, I'm looking at the GPS and the GPS screen is on my on my screen. So I may not even be recording right now. Let me see uh, if I'm not recording. Oh, shoot. Hopefully I don't get locked out of my own phone, putting in the wrong. Uh, okay, it's still recording. Wow, 27 minutes. Holy cow. I've been in traffic for 27 minutes. It's finally let up, and I'm driving across this beautiful bridge. Holy cow. I think I'm going to stop by on my way down. I, I So my daughters and I um, stopped by Chattanooga once and had this amazing dinner at this, chi- uh, not Chinese, <laughs> uh, Korean barbecue restaurant in Chattanooga, and they serve dry-aged ribeyes. Oh my God, it's so good. That was the first time I've ever had dry aged meat. And it was so delicious. And I'm, you know, kind of, 
had a conversation, we kind of made friends with the server there. And he said he wanted to get into archery and how, he, how some of his friends are going to take him. And I was like, I think are you using compound bows because that'll make it a lot easier to learn on, you know, if you're, if it's your first time going out to hunt, you know? And he was like, I don't even know, man. I don't know anything about it yet. He was like, I just want, I just know I want to shoot some bows. So I told him I would take, I would take one up for him, one that I made out of PVC pipe. And it's pretty badass, actually. And it's a heavy bow. It, it, I mean, it, I pull it back and it feels just as heavy, if not heavier, than my 50-pound bow that I have. So I'm thinking that the draw weight, you know, the, the weight that um, it takes, the, the amount of pressure, the weight pressure that it takes to pull that string back all the way to about 28 inches, it's about 60 pounds, probably 56 pounds, maybe, if I had to guess. Um, it's a powerful bow. It'll send that arrow flying so fast. You could hear it just thump, you know, when it hits the target. So pretty powerful bow that I made out of PVC pipe, Schedule 40 PVC. And I painted it with this metallic paint, and it just looks so badass. Um, but I don't really shoot it. I don't use it. And I have other bows that I, I actually do, you know, shoot as a main. I just kind of made it for fun, you know. And I wanted to try out this uh, horse bow style is how I made it. It's like recurved into like a horse bow style bow. Um, but I have a horse bow now and uh, like a Mongolian style bow, Asiatic bow. And that bow you pull back with your thumb rather than your three, three fingers. It's a different draw. And you put the arrow on the opposite side as well. So it's just a different way to shoot with a different style of bow that I'm practicing now. Uh, so yeah, I told him I would take, take, you know, bring this bow up for him and he, he could have it. And he was so excited, but I know that a lot of people say things and they promise things and they never follow through. And I've been on the receiving end of that a lot. And it's like, man, why did they even say it then? Why'd they get my hopes up? You know, made me feel, feel foolish now. I feel, you know, like I feel stupid kind of, you know? Um, and I don't want to be like that. So because I told him that I was going to take it up to him and drop it off at that restaurant. I'm going to, you know, because I want him to know that people who keep their word do exist, or at least try to, you know, people who still um, feel that words should have meaning to them, you know, and people who hold themselves accountable to the things that they say to people and promise people, you know, uh, people like that still exist, where we take it serious when we give somebody our word. You know, my word is my bond, right? It's my reputation. <clears throat> so even though he doesn't know who I am, you know, he just he just knows me as the, the daughter of my two, you know, my, I mean, the father of my two daughters. And I was just, you know, chatting with them and telling them how I, I love archery and stuff. So, because he, he actually pointed out the watch that I had on, and I was like, yeah, I'm an archer, you know? Anyways, so, yeah, but I, I think that I'm going to, I'm not going to stop by, and get, it's too late, I already passed Chattanooga, um, because I don't, I don't want to get to the campsite too late, you know? It looks like I'm already going to be there at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Tennessee time, because it's an hour back, hour, be, hour behind Atlanta. So it says 8.30, but I'm probably going to be there at 7.30. So, yeah, it's like, I don't want to get there too late. You know, I don't want to set up camp in the dark. So I'm going to stop by on my way back down on Sunday when I'm done camping on my way back home. Because I have it in my car. And I also, um, 
<clears throat> I brought an arrow. One of my favorite arrows, you know, but it, I only, it's only one. You know, I found it when I was at the archery range. So and since I found that arrow, you know, it was a gift to me from the archery gods. I'm going to pay it forward. So I, I'm bringing the bow, that arrow with the white feather fletchings. And I, there's an arm bracer that I bought um, on Amazon, kind of like a leather, but it looks like um, dragon scales. <clears throat> and it's kind of like a burgundy color. It's badass. Um, but I have, a, I have an archery, archery um, arm guard that I bought because it's just too thin, especially for the 50-pound bow. Sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm not conscious of my arm position and my arm will kind of roll under and then slap, you know, the string will just slap my arm. Ah, oh, and that 50 pound bow, man, <laughs> this, it's, it slaps hard. It is unforgiving. Um, so I bought a, because it would still leave a mark with that, you know, a piece of leather. <laughs> so um, I, I included that arm because <laughs> it's better than nothing, you know, it's better than nothing. So to have something to protect his arm. And then, um, I brought like a little glove that he can use just to get started, um, you know, just to practice. So he, he has everything to start, an arm guard, a glove, a bow, and an arrow. And yeah, hopefully he'll he'll fall in love with it and actually get a like a real bow, you know, because this is just a PVC pipe bow that I made. It's a DIY project. So, but I'm, I'm proud of it and I love it, but yeah, I don't want to hold on to it. I want to, you know, I'm learning to let go of things, you know, just, just let go, you know, let go of your need to own and control, you know, just let go. So that's what I'm trying to do. But letting go is hard, man. It's easy to accept the idea, hard to implement it in your actual real life. Because here's the example I'll give. I am terrified of heights. <laughs> heights, oh my God. I just get so scared inside. I mean, my whole body, I just, I get weak. My my hands get sweaty and weak. My, I, I, you know, like, oh my God. So I make my, I made myself go on the acrophobia here at Six Flags. It's a huge, you go up 200 feet in the air. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it spins as it goes up. So it just makes it even more scary, but also beautiful because you get a whole view of the city, Atlanta, everything, you know, it, but <laughs> just so scary being up that high. And then you just drop. Oh, my God. And <laughs> it's the scariest thing in the world. You know, I mean, I really feel like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. That's how I feel. I feel so scared, terrified. So I make myself do it because if you want to sentence yourself to a life of fear, never do anything that scares you. And that's a quote from a book. Oh, I think it's called fear or, oh man, but it's a quote. So I, I didn't think of that. That is a quote. I just can't remember. Google it. But it says, if you want to sentence yourself to a life of fear, never do anything that scares you. Avoid the things that scare you and you'll guarantee that your whole life you'll be a prisoner to your fears. And I didn't want that. You know, I want to make my fears a prisoner to me. You know, I want to control my fears. And instead of having them back me up into a corner, I want to back them up into a small corner in my mind where they have very little influence over my decisions. <laughs> so 
I get on the acrophobia, right? Oh my god, and the handles are just slippery. I mean, I, and it's probably because my hands are are sweating, but also probably other people's hands are sweating, and I just couldn't get a good grip on it, and I was it was just bothering me because I was just oh man, but I was holding on so tight, right? After I got off, I was just shaky. I was just shaky. My legs felt shaky. I was so scared. Oh my god! But then also I was just fun, just laughing because I'm alive. You know, it's all good. So um, after we after we got off, uh, there's a couple that I met. They're both truck drivers, and they were telling me that. And that, that, they were like, I mean, it was not bad. She said that it was like the wife, she was saying, it, it's like not really, not, not a lot different than what they go through every day. They're like, we don't even get 200 feet. You know, a lot of times you see an accident happen or something happen in front of you or a car just, you know, suddenly stops or something. And they're saying like, they don't even have 200 feet a lot of the times. And they got to make that kind of stop or maneuver around it with this big truck. And they're saying it's, it's about the same feeling. So they're used to it. And that goes to the point of doing things that scare you, not avoiding them, because then the normal things become easier. You know, you're not scared. And when it happens again and things that happen that are scary to most people that will, like, you know, paralyze them to you, it's like, huh, I remember this. You know, I can deal with this. And so I told them, I asked them, I was like, did you have a hard time holding on to those, the handrails? Because I, I was trying to grip it, you know, but I couldn't really, it was like slippery, maybe because my hands are sweating. And the wife was like, oh, no, you don't want to grip it tight. That's why you're still shaky. And I was like, oh, yeah, is that? I was like, because I'm still shaky right now. And she was like, that's why. It's because you, you held so tight. You were tense. She was like, you just got to let go. She was like, I, I just went limp. I just let my body just go limp and do what it wanted to do. And I was like, what? You know, and she goes, yeah. And she said, that's that's why uh, the husband, he goes, think of a drunk driver. That's why uh, a lot of times a drunk driver is okay. And the person that they hit are injured very badly because, you know, he was like, when you tense up and you grab the steering wheel and, you know, you, you hold it tight, you get you get more injured. And the drunk driver is limp. He, he just goes limp. And so he, he's usually fine. And I was like, that's really interesting, you know? So I told them, I'm going to go back on. I'm going to try that. So I went back on. <laughs> I went back on. And this time, I mean, it was even scarier. Maybe because I just experienced it. I knew what happened. And my brain now is, like, freaking out. Like, why are you doing this? You know, you're putting us back in danger. And I don't know. It was just scarier the second time. Maybe because my, my amygdala was upset with me, you know? <laughs> Um, the primitive side of our brain is stronger than the cognitive, the prefrontal cortex, you know, the the rational, logical side of our brain. Anyways, um, to going up, right? This time I see someone's shoe on the roof, like someone lost their shoe. And for some reason, that just made my stomach drop. Just looking at the shoe as we're rising up. Oh, my God. It just I was so scared, right? So then it goes all the way to the top, 200 feet. And I just kept telling myself, just just let go. Just go limp. I was like, just let go just let go, you know, just let go of your need to control, I was like, just accept the situation, you know, I was like, just relax, boom, I was like, ah, right, oh my god, just falling in my, I didn't know, but I guess my butthole clenched up so tight, (laughs) as soon as we came down, my asshole hurt so bad, and like, I I was like, oh my god, like, it hurt, I was uncomfortable, and like, when I got off the seat even, it was like, throbbing, (laughs) 
I puckered my asshole so tight coming down because I was so scared. I was like, I wasn't holding on to anything. <laughs> just, oh my God, my butthole puckered up. Oh my, I guess like, that's why they say you're uptight because I was walking like that. I was walking like I was all uptight. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. And I had to go sit down afterwards. I, I found the bench and I just sat down. I was like, oh my goodness, my butthole hurts so bad. It hurt to sit even, so I kind of stood up. But after after a couple hours, it went away, and I'm fine now. <laughs> Man, but I, I, I ran into them again at the park at a, at a different ride. They were getting off the Superman ride, and I was I was in line to get on. <laughs> They're like, June, you know, and I was like, hey. I was like, I, I actually got back on the acrophobia. I did what you said. And they were like, good. And I was like, and now my butthole hurts. <laughs> and I'm yelling this across as they're walking away, right? And I go, I think I broke my butthole. <laughs> and so they're laughing. I'm laughing. And everybody around me is just like, uh, you know, they're not laughing. And they're giving me this weird look. And now I have to stand in line with these people for like the next, you know, few minutes. Oh my goodness! It was it was awesome though. Standing in line because um, standing in line gave me time to like uh, do my scheduling for my work and everything. I was getting emails replied to, you know. I was like, this is perfect. You know, it's like I'm, you know, like I go, I go to Six Flags alone now. Well, I like to go with my daughters too. But anyways, um, I went ahead and just got the membership because every time my daughters come, I want to be to be able to take them and not pay so much money. And the membership is perfect because I actually live in Georgia, you know, and I can just go to Six Flags after work even, which I've been doing. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's just perfect because I stand in line. Even though I can get the flash pass, you know, I, I'd rather wait in line and stand because that gives me time to actually do some admin work that I usually don't have time to do or... Even if I have time to do it, I'm not in the mood to do it, you know? And um, it's just not my thing. I really don't, oh, man, I'm not like a tech-savvy person or like an office administrator type. You know, I belong out in the field, you know, out in nature, out in the forest, you know? <laughs> so that's where I'm happiest. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I really like going to Six Flags um, especially after work, oh man, cause I'm there in the city already. It only takes like 20 minutes sometimes to get the six flags after I'm done with work. And it's like, oh, perfect. Cause parking's free. Cause I'm, I'm a member anyways, um, standing in line and just doing my admin work. That is so awesome. But where I was going with this, not to flex, I was flexing a little bit there, right? No, actually I'm not because actually getting the membership is a cheaper way to go. It's like, you know, you can do it for uh, $5.99 for the basic membership. You know, five ninety nine a month, and you get to go to Six Flags free, and parking's free because you're a member. Anyways, <clears throat> oh, and you also get free soft drinks if you're a member. Anyways, um, what I was where I was going with this is that letting go is harder than I thought. You know, the idea of it is easy is easy to understand, easy to accept. Like, yeah. And then it's easy to convince ourselves, oh, yeah, I, I'm doing it. You know, no, just because we understand it doesn't mean we're actually doing it. You know, actually doing it is when <laughs> you get on the freaking acrophobia and it's going up and you just accept and you're just relaxed and you just <laughs> accept the situation. 
and you, you, you don't try to control it. You don't, and you don't need to grab on or get tense, you know, you just let go. And I tried it and I think I broke my butthole. <laughs> I think I'll end it right there. I mean, that was, that was awesome. That was the best punchline. <laughs> so thank you so much for sticking with me. Holy cow. We're almost at 45 minutes. I honor the light in you. That's also in me. Namaste.